Coming up, Universal announces their new Minions attraction coming in summer 2023. And we had a chance to experience Universal's great movie escape. And we're going to tell you about that on this week's episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Disunplugged Universal Edition. I should say it's a special episode considering I thought we were going to be done for the calendar year. But here we are because we have a lot of Universal to discuss. And it's just not me here. Of course, I am joined alongside by my co-host, Rhino. Hello. And we do have a very exciting episode for you. Uh, We're definitely, you know, obviously this one is being put out to the world this week. We might have one more before we wrap up for the holidays. Uh, Of course, we haven't had shows in a while because I've been kind of taking some time to uh, be with my my new family, the new baby. And uh, it's definitely been an adjustment. My new new family, my new wife, my new baby. (laughs) Oh, that's I did. It sounded Did like I not you had, say like, that? disappeared in the night and you were like, I found a new one. So I've started over. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, it's all I just decided, you know what, let's go in brand new. So uh, everything's new. But, yeah, it's been it's been nice taking some time off. But uh, Universal called me and said, you have to come back and experience Universal's great movie escape. And then they said, Hey, on the same day that you have to do that, we're going to announce the minions attraction. Finally, after like a year of minions construction walls and and just waiting for the official announcement. So that's why we're here now. And we're going to have a lot of fun discussing all of it. Uh, But before we do get to that, I want to remind you, this is brought to you by dreams unlimited travel. If you like our content, you want to support us, please consider booking a vacation through dreams unlimited travel. It costs you no extra money and you get the support of one of the awesome Dreams Unlimited Travel agents. So head over to dreamsunlimitedtravel.com today for a free, no obligation quote. Rhino, I think we should talk about the news up front and then talk about the escape rooms right after that. So are you cool with that order? I concur. Okay, let's talk about it. So Universal doesn't just announce their new Minions attraction. I know I've been like promoting it as that, but uh, they didn't just do that. They technically announced the new Minions land that will be coming to Universal Studios Florida, which makes sense. Obviously, Despicable Me, Minion Mayhem has been there prominently in Production Central since 2012, if my memory serves me correctly. And, you know, Shrek 4D was right across the way, but that closed in order to make way for the newest attraction, which we now know is called Villain Con Minion Blast, officially Illuminations Villain Con Minion Blast. And all of this is going to be part of what they dubbed Illumination Avenue, but specifically this area is going to be a Minions land. So obviously there's a lot to unpack with that and what the future of this area of the park could B, because, you know, saying Illumination Avenue, you know, they they did promote that there will be other popular characters from other Illumination franchises in this area, which that that completely makes sense. You know, it's it's uh, definitely brand synergy all in this area. And if you're wondering what are the Illumination properties, uh, obviously Despicable Me and the Minions, but also Secret Life of Pets, uh, Sing. The Grinch, the, you know, not not Jim Carrey Grinch, but Benedict Cumberbatch Grinch. And then, of course, the upcoming Super Mario Brothers movie. So maybe Chris Pratt will be running around here one day. Oh, mm -hmm. (laughs) did you see um, did you see that clip they released from it? I did not watch it. I've watched it, but without audio. So I've seen it, but I haven't heard it. (laughs) Are you were you afraid to hear his voice? Is that why? No, no, I just it was one of those things where I was like I was watching it in bed while I was trying to be quiet and not disrupt (laughs) Kylie or the baby. So I was like, I'll watch it again at a, you know, when I can be a little bit louder. So I'll probably watch it after I'm done doing this. But 
Yeah. Um, so Illumination Avenue and Minion Land. So besides, obviously, this new attraction and Despicable Me Minion Mayhem, it should come as no surprise that uh, the former location of Universal Studios Monster. Universal mm-hmm. Studios Classic Monsters Cafe, of course, is going to be Minions Cafe, which, you know, no surprise because the Minion construction walls have been all around that. None, Just none of that was shocking at all. None of this is shocking. We just wanted the official announcements with extra details about what they're doing with all of this area. And uh, Rhino, are you excited for this mini Minions land in general? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm, I mean, I don't really do. I think I've only done the Despicable Me attraction like once. Um, and I'm excited be, because I'm excited for something like different. I, I, I like Despicable Me. Um, well, at least I like the first two. I haven't seen the third one and I liked the Minions movie, but I haven't seen the second Minions movie yet. So I've got to catch up on all the, all the properties, but, um, I, I think it's fun. I, the, the attraction sounds interesting too, to me. Well, that that's a great segue since I didn't talk about it. Of course, VillainCon Minion Blast opening summer 2023 will be an interactive blaster game experience where guests will turn into villains and put their skills to the test. Guests will be competing with each other in a bid to join the ranks of the franchise's most infamous supervillains. So uh, this attraction will combine innovative screen technology, state-of-the-art gaming interactivity, and elaborate physical sets to create a one-of-a-kind game-based adventure where guests encounter immersive environments, nefarious villains, and tons of mischievous minions from Illuminations films in a whole new way. The world-class attraction transports guests to VillainCon, the biggest criminal convention on the planet, to take part in an epic competition to see if they have what it takes to become the newest member of the Vicious Six, a notorious group of supervillains from the hit film Minions The Rise of Gru. Guests who are up for the challenge will grab an interactive blaster and step onto a motion-based pathway to put their skills to the test. They'll wind and glide through various scenes where they earn points by blasting a variety of items and causing as much mayhem and destruction as possible. It's a unique, mischief-filled experience that's so much fun, it's a crime. And obviously, to really break that down, it is a moving walkway as been discussed for as long as you know the first rumors of this attraction came out uh so not a not a surprise with that and then the interactive way to also uh to to be part of the game is also in there too and a a lot of that kind of makes sense with me like i know a lot of people would probably jump to why not like make it a ride why not make it like men in black uh buzz lightyear you know any anything that is also like this but i mean we're talking Shrek 4D space here. So there wasn't really a lot of room in this area. I mean, it it seems the theaters were massive, no doubt about that, and two theaters. So a lot of room to work with in that. But when you're talking, when you're talking about all the other components that need to go into it with, uh, you know, obviously if it's a ride, then you not, you have the floor plan of the ride, but then you need a maintenance bay for ride vehicles and such. Like you're, you're talking, it would be, it would be very short. So coming up with a different way to approach this attraction to fit in the space that it's in, I, I think that's it's uh, it's definitely unique in that way. Whether or not it is as fun because you're on this moving walkway versus a ride, that that will be uh, left to be seen. But you know what? I, I have to at least applaud them from the outside, having not experienced it, that they're trying to be creative with the little space that they do have to make this happen, you know, very much like with when Transformers went in at Universal Studios Florida. Not a lot of space, but you need you need a marquee ride like that. What do you do? Well, you go up two floors and you you make it ground right, level yeah. and then the next floor up. So I like that they're they're trying to work with what they have here in this way. And uh I'm 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 very intrigued by it. And like you, I like Despicable Me. I'm not caught up on the series, but I'm I'm all for the attractions. We've been saying since the first time we saw the super silly Funland at Universal Studios Hollywood mm-hmm. that it makes no sense why they didn't invest in a Minions Land here. Do I think it still would have went better back in Kid Zone area? For sure, but you can't change where they put Minion Mayhem at. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm still I'm still hopeful for what this all can become. Yeah, I I actually I actually think I'm looking forward to the experience without ride vehicles because I'm just thinking like 
Men in Black without a ride vehicle, and instead it's a moving sidewalk, or like a Buzz Lightyear, like Space Ranger Spin or Astro Blasters, depending on what coast you're on, and just something like that. I think like <clears throat> you're removing the element of like, let's say it was you know, something where you had more control over the vehicle, like one of those Buzz Lightyear rides, like you're removing that element of having to move the car back and forth, which is, which is fun sort of, but I, I get really into these type of games. I love a good, like laser tag game. Like I love, I like men in black quite a bit. And so I just hate the spinning parts of it. So it's like, I love the idea of kind of being able to maybe like move from side to side or, Something like that. I do in my brain see chaos happening when somebody gets so excited and they start running backwards down the ramp or something like that. I, I, I'm imagining just like <clears throat> like a ramp or like the thing that luggage comes out on at the airport. You know yeah. how that like moves you around <laughs> and stuff like yeah. something like that. But but I I kind of like it's like it's like a interactive laser tag. I don't know. I think I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I you know, again, we haven't done it. I haven't seen anything inside of it, but. In theory, I like the idea of it. And, you know, minions are just as popular now as they were years ago. So I feel like they are definitely they're definitely, you know, doubling down on this this franchise in a big way. And I think that's a great thing for the park. And I'm excited to see how Illumination Avenue continues on. I mean. The the next thing that like pops into my mind though with it like you have Minions Land now when you walk right into Production Central which was always kind of a uh, you know it was all over the place in Mismash. terms of yeah. what its offerings were yeah it's it had a little bit of everything here and there and production based uh, but you know they could even start to take over a little bit of New York and finally do something with the Secret Life of Pets in there and so it, that way mm-hmm. it would kind of really take the theming going from illumination and minions stay in that brand but then start to integrate a little bit more real world into it with secret life of pets taking place in in the city and then that transitions into new york city like i mean when hollywood got the secret life of pets attraction i know some rumors were around it coming to islands of adventure you know it it In my mind, it's always made sense in New York at our park. So I would love to see it progress like that. But I also don't want to lose uh, I don't want to lose the charm of Universal as it is, because I still love the Hollywood section. I love New York for what it is. And even going into San Francisco, even though that's all over the place now, uh, I, I don't want it to all become like Springfields and Minions Land and little little places that just seem not as in touch with reality. I mean, it's it's stripping away a lot of what Universal's original legacy is, but it also, I, I feel like the park needs that. Production Central has not made sense for years. So this is going to make the park feel a little bit more uh, cohesive, but I don't, I don't ever want to lose New York or Hollywood while, I, you know, at the same time. So... Yeah, I I am very very intrigued for how this is going to move forward in the future, but I'm I'm looking forward to the attraction. Summer 2023. Yeah. I'm excited and you know, I feel like Universal has a history of being like on time for their things, so I uh, I can't wait to uh hopefully do some annual pass holder previews. <clears throat> yeah. On time or if it's the case of um Revenge of the Mummy opening late summer 2022 that is now uh you know we're we're close to winter of 2022 2023 and it's still technically in technical rehearsals. Yeah, which is the so. weirdest thing in the world because every day you can pretty much go and ride it. Yeah. I'm not guaranteeing it's going to happen, but it's such a weird where I was like it's open, right? People yeah. are like no, it, not really. I'm like what? <laughs> It's weird. It's weird. But Universal is usually good with that. And that's a great transition that uh, they're usually good at hitting their timetables or in some cases, you know, I slightly surprising us because uh, while I was on my little leave that I was taking, uh, of course, it was announced that Universal's great movie escape was going to open on December 9th. And I that kind of like caught me off guard because I, I know it's it's looked like it was progressing further and further. I was still expecting a 2023 opening, but I've been very out of the loop with uh, a lot of what's happening at Universal as I've been doing everything else in my life right now. So I didn't quite see that that coming. I was definitely expecting 2023, but 2022 uh, in this time frame was a complete surprise to me. And uh, I, you know, it, 
here it is. We are on December 9th now, and it is officially open to guests, but we were lucky enough to be invited by Universal to come out and preview it a day before it opened. So first off, thank you. Thank you to our partners at Universal for having us come out and experience it because it was very eye-opening. And uh, of course, this is a paid premium experience at Universal CityWalk. These are Universal's takes on escape rooms. And uh, because we did not pay to do the experience, this won't be necessarily a straightforward review as we try to only review anything we actually paid for. But hopefully we'll be able to uh, explain a little more about what to expect and, uh, you know, broad impressions of it. So that way, you know, if it's something that you actually want to experience when you come to Universal Orlando. And uh, just just to break it down even further, uh, there are two different escape rooms that you can do at Universal's Great Movie Escape. You have Back to the Future Out of Time and Jurassic World Escape. And uh, we will we will go through it all now. So Rhino, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. So let's go over the context of this. Rhino has never done an escape room before. I have done many. And ultimately, I think we both have different thoughts on uh, we have we definitely have different feelings on the two rooms, on how we experience them. I think from my my perspective, I think Rhino was actually at a benefit going into this, uh, not having ever done an escape room before. And I was kind of at a disadvantage because they were very upfront when we were getting ready to do these escape rooms. They said, these are not your typical escape rooms. These are these are completely different takes on it that Universal did. They are story-based more than challenge based I, d- I don't want to put it in that way because you're still you're still playing games you're solving puzzles along the way but uh it's not like a, a typical escape room a typical escape room you are put into a room there might be other rooms past the first one that you go into but you're trying to beat the clock to solve puzzles to be able to get out of where you're at and you know finish the challenge and with this it is a timed experience where you move from room to rooms and you could fail at every single challenge but you will still move on to the next room yeah. there's there's no failure at all so it's it's more of like I keep saying it but it's more of like a cousin to escape rooms it's 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 close enough but it's not quite because it is it's more of a, a mixture of games and puzzles but regardless of how you do you're still going to have the same outcome and so because of that it was it was a little bit difficult as someone who's who's done it before to to lose that entire notion and get kind of swept up into the idea of like you know, it was every room I went into, I got intense because I'm like, we can't fail this. But at the same time, you can't fail. So mm. it was very hard. But Rhino, you had no experience. So <laughs> I, it must have felt just really unique for you. I'm I'm assuming for the most. Oh, part. yeah. No, I I um I I don't I wasn't let down or anything like that in terms of like hearing like how much fun people have in escape rooms and things. It was one of those where it, I. You know, you start to realize as you go from room to room that you pretty much have just like like you already said, that set amount of time in each room. And um, so there is that element of like, I do almost want to fail because I want to see, you know, like you, you want that. I want that feeling of like, we did it. We solved it. And like, so I feel like there is the element of like a little bit of frustration where you're like, I just needed a couple seconds longer, which I guess is there even if you fail a regular escape room. But um, they're just there's there's some rooms that you're like, okay, I've got it. And then there's other rooms like I felt like we were in a room in the Jurassic World side where there was maybe a glitch in the system or something, or maybe we were just doing like something just a little bit off. And it, and the prompt to help you doesn't start until almost toward the end. So it was like, I felt like we barely got to do anything in that room, which, which is like, uh, cause every other room you got to do so much. in. so I wish there was a little, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Cause I don't, I don't have experience with it, but in terms of like, if you're afraid, if you're afraid or nervous of doing these because you've never done an escape room, I think these are great to, to 
to to do it either way. I I don't I don't know about somebody who's done a bunch, but my friend Amber loves escape rooms, but she also loves Back to the Future and she loves Jurassic World, uh, Jurassic Park, like the franchise. And so I am I know I have to do these again with her because I would love to do them with somebody like her um, and kind of see her take because doing it with you was really interesting to see how you really had a grasp on like puzzles more specifically in the Back to the Future side, which I feel like was a little more puzzle oriented than than the Jurassic World side, which was definitely very story oriented. But it it, it I was shocked about I was worried we were going to go through and just be like, oh, it's a one and done, even though they're saying there is repeatability to it. And I do feel like that in a way toward toward the end. I yeah. I, I feel like I don't know which thing I want to talk about too much because I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more about some yeah. of it. So we're, I don't want to. Like, yeah, yeah I, I know what you're saying here. We're going to bounce all over the place with it as as this comes up. It's not just it's not cut and dry. Like this is what we did through this one. This is what we did through yeah. this one. We're also not going to spoil this for you. Uh, there's Universal doesn't allow photos or videos in there. If you see them hit the Internet, you know, if it doesn't don't, look don't like it, it was a staged, if it didn't look like it was a staged photo or video from Universal, then chances are someone broke the rules. Don't don't support that. But uh, yeah, they they want to keep the experience, preserve the magic behind it, as well as the you know they want you to be able to come and do it yourself and not have it spoiled for you, especially some of the elements that they go through there. So we're going to try not to spoil anything with it too. It's it's uh, we'll, we'll try to keep it more broad in that sense, not talk about each individual game, but more, uh, more kind of like general overviews of how it went down. And first thing you kind of already mentioned it uh, in terms of the, the two escape rooms, Jurassic world escape and back to the future out of time. Jurassic World Escape to me is the better room to start if you are a complete beginner and you have never done anything before. Yeah, uh, the story was definitely way more uh, easy to grasp and pick up on. Uh, the puzzles were they they did get challenging as it moved forward, but they were all it was all very much more straightforward. Uh, whereas Back to the Future Out of Time was more traditional in terms of being an escape room. Like the first room we walked into, uh, we kind of we, we looked around at first. Bef- there wasn't really any prompt of what to do right away. So we had to start looking around mm-hmm. the room for clues to lead us forward on what we should do. And, you know, if you've never done one before and you don't know what to expect. You don't know what to look for. That one might be a little bit of a jolt to like jump in. Whereas Jurassic world, I felt like anyone could have walked in there understood. They tell you what to do in that one right away. And it's all very straightforward. You get the idea of it. And then you kind of know by the time you get to like the final parts, you understand now, like, okay, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need to inspect Mm -hmm. around a room. When I get in, it it just flows more. Yeah. I, uh, sorry, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I, I I completely agree. Um, I I think like I I said it to one of the creative people too, where I was like, it's interesting because I felt like the Jurassic World one is is you know like taking place simultaneously with the movie. Essentially, is the story. I I, won't, I don't want to say anything more than that with, with the Jurassic World movie. Um, which, so it's very accessible in terms of being like everything in the park is sort of doing that same sort of thing, I think with Jurassic world props. So you have like, you're, you've already gone into Jurassic park, maybe in the park. So you've gone on, you know, Velocicoaster or the river adventure or something. And, um, so I feel like it's very easy to just like slip into this. Whereas like back to the future, I think Back to the Future is is a little more like if you're the hardcore universal history, but also Back to the Future person, that's that's the sweet spot because that one I felt like <clears throat> there were some things where that one takes place in 1993 because it's a sequel to the ride, essentially. And or, or it's like taking place right after the ride, which I think. Is, yeah. So I think it's really cool. And I love that. And that's where I'm like, so I feel like. I love that they have those two sort of orbs in terms of just the actual story too, but then also the process that you go through to, to do stuff. But hundred percent agree. Cause the, the first one, the first room, I remember being like the other room kind of demonstrated what we were supposed to do in Jurassic world. And this one was just like, okay, figure it out. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, 
And that being said, you know, you might be wondering about the difficulty and the skill set in Universal's announcements about Universal's great movie Escape. They said it's going to be friendly for all levels, people who have never done escape rooms before, people who are seasoned pros. And there was a lot of vagueness to that. And even talking to the creatives about it, I feel like they're still trying to get a grip on how they should handle it, uh, because ultimately... I feel like the game masters who are watching you are the ones who are going to decide the level of difficulty that that you're actually at. I, as of this point in time right now, they've confirmed, uh, they confirmed with us yesterday, you can't walk in and say, hey, I want to play Back to the Future. Yeah. We're all pros at escape rooms, so make it as difficult as possible. Uh, they can't do that, but what they can do is each each level on both Jurassic World and Back to the Future you know they start they start at the base and they can make it more difficult quicker as you're getting through levels because it's not a it, it's the way they describe it is that it's all it's all level based in terms yeah. of like they kept throwing out like 20 in the example i'm not sure how many you can actually get through but they kept saying like okay well if you're flying through and you get like six levels done in the first room then we're going to make things tougher, you know, a lot quicker in the next room. And it, and it increases in difficulty as as you complete each task. Each one gets a little bit more difficult, but they can they can speed up the process. And so as you well, get into a higher number, it can get a lot harder, a lot faster. Yeah. And they also said um, that if you are like that, like if you've done it before, they were saying like, so um, there there's like um there's essentially like a room where there's like a DNA sequencing thing. That's a, I just need to say what it, I, I'm not going to tell you exactly what you do, but it, it, it's sort of a, a mix and match game. And they said like, so if you've done it before, it scrambles every time. So it's not when you walk in, you're not going to be, you know, T-Rex Raptor. You're not doing the same thing every time. Like you, if the T-Rex might be paired with something else that second time. And, but, but also if you, a bunch of the rooms that if you are advancing through the room, you sort of unlock new games. They said in some of them, not in all rooms, but in some rooms there are challenges that like in it, like if you are a pro at this point that you'd be able to get to and do all the challenges. So I know for sure there was challenges in some rooms that we didn't get to do. Oh, no, we we missed out on a lot in both of them. And I we we had a solid team. Oh, and yeah. For I, sure. I will just I say that the, we the had a solid we team. Went with but, were great. great. Yeah. But yeah. in terms of they did make it so there is repeatability to it. And a lot of the rooms there were there were definitely ways to, uh, you know, the, there could have been endless combinations of how to change things up. I, when I say endless, I don't truly mean endless. There's obviously a finite number on it. But then there's like there was one room in Jurassic World that we went through where you know, just based on what we could see from the room, you basically had four different combinations that you could play in that room and eventually you would get them all. But, uh, but all that being said, you know, it's, you're not going to do these back to back to back to back. So you're going to start to forget some things. And I truly do think that there is repeatability in it because of that, but also a difficulty, uh, that, that comes to it as well too. So, uh, I think one day they will try to, they, they, it seemed like they, they want to address the difficulty moving forward at some point in time and be able to have it where you walk in and say like, Hey, we're a private group, uh, and we really want it challenging and they'll be able to make it very difficult right away. But that kind of that kind of goes into how this is handled in terms of groups and mm -hmm. uh, they the number that is ideal for this this experience universal's great movie escape is six people and so that means that if you are a family of four there is a good chance they are going to pair you up with a group of two so you have that ideal number of six it's not to say you know if you're a family of five you you will probably not be placed with one person unless there's an individual person uh, they will never they will never make the groups that for the individual pricing, they will never make them more than six. So it could be a thing too, where, you know, you walk in and you only have two, three people and you're, you're playing with less people and at a disadvantage, but they can change the games based on how many people are in there. But the ideal number they're going for is six. 
And if you have a group of six or you have a group that you want to be in a private experience, you can do that. Uh, you can book the private experience. It starts at whatever the pricing would be for all six people. So like right now, the base pricing for Great Movie Escape is $50 per person plus tax. That's the starting price. At night, it's a little bit more expensive. During busier times of the year, it's more expensive. Right now, the maximum price I saw on an individual ticket is $65 per person plus tax. Uh, for the private group experience, that equates to $300 per person plus tax. And then the most expensive private experience I saw was around $390, might have been $395. Uh, but the the caveat on that is that the private experience, you can technically have up to eight people in there. That being um, you said, also, you don't want eight people in there. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't I don't think so. Because I know they're saying the ideal number is six, but I felt like we agreed where we felt like five was yeah. a solid, like everybody would have something to do at five. Six is kind of like sometimes there's one person that's definitely going to be like left out unless you're yeah. rotating well the enough. And it, you know, and that's the problem is that when you do this with strangers, what happens when you get in there? We all know what it's like to walk through a theme park. So we all know how unaware people are of the people around them and sort of thing. So it might get a little more like, I don't know. I mean, we, we didn't know the people we were in the thing with, but it's also a different environment. And with, you know, that sort of thing, because we're all there specifically to experience that sort of a thing as for this sort of informative, uh, uh, experience. But, um, I, I, I do know they said something about annual pass holders do get discounts as well. I don't know where and what that applies to, if it's just single tickets or if it can be applied to a group rate, but there are discounts available. I And I think, though, a lot of people are going to say, I want to book the private experience, bring eight people in and try to do it from that way to save some money. What ends up happening is you're going to start rotating and no one's going to have a full experience unless you yeah. overtake it. And I don't I don't think that's the way to go. I know it seems I just like do the a six, lot of money. Honestly. Yeah, it's I, I know it, it seems like a lot of money and we haven't paid for it yet. So I can't sit here and tell you it's worth it. I, I will I will see how I feel when we go back and pay for it myself. But I know Rhino and I both are planning on going and mm -hmm. putting our own money on this. So they, they've already hooked us back in. We're, we're going to go again. Uh, but I, I can't. I'm, I might feel differently when I put my own money on the table. So yeah. that's why we're not fully reviewing well, this, but yeah, go ahead. Cause it's like, I, I want the, I, I want to know now, cause I feel like when we put our own money in, it's going to be like, okay, are you going to live up to the promise of now? Now we know the structure of individual games and we might not know the answer, but part of the challenge specifically, even in the back to the future room is that that was figuring out the actual structure of the game. But now we yeah. know the structure. So I'm going to go back through and I want to know what it's going to be like now that even if I don't know the answer, I'm sped up the process slightly by yeah. already knowing exactly what we have to do and how to do it. So I, I want to, I, it's one of those where I'm like, I better unlock some stuff when I do. You know what I mean? Like I better. I got you. I, not I better. Like I'll be happy to do it with friends who I know. Like I, I know I got to do it at least one more time. Like I keep saying it's my friend Amber, and that's where I'm like. And my my best friend's coming to town at the end of the month. So I was and my birthday's in January. So I was like, maybe this could be like a fun birthday thing to get like six people, and be like, let's just do it. You know, and 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 do something like that. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So you brought up the fact too, and I brought it up that. You know, unless you do the private one, you're going to be placed with other people that you don't know. Uh, the thing about escape rooms, and this goes for any, not just universals, they are truly team building experiences. Mm -hmm. I said uh, the first one I ever did was way back in the day when we still had the trip show on our, our channel. And that was with Jenny Lynn and Teresa. And it was the three of us that went in and I was there to, to film the full experience. And of course, like any escape room, they're like, no, you can't. You can't take photos or videos in here. So uh, just experience it. So I was like, okay, that's that's kind of off. But you realize like you can't you can't be taking photos or videos if you want to truly get into it and be a part of what's happening. There's especially in normal escape rooms, there's just not enough time. Uh, but that very first one that we did, it was the three of us and only the three of us, no other people. And I was like, you know, back then, before I knew what they were really about, I'm like, this would have been this is the best team building experience I I could do. Like if if I was ever if we were ever struggling at the Diz where none of us were getting along, I would literally say, let's throw us all in an escape room where you have to work together and, you know, 
bond in that way because as it's it's almost like an emotional reward as you start solving puzzles and you start you know kind of mm-hmm. winning the game everyone starts to get a little bit more excited and cheerful and it really it it unlocks some endorphins that you all like start getting along instantly and that's what happened with us you know we're in with four other four other working media but you know, we, I, I think I had waved at some of them before, but never really formally introduced and got to know. And, you know, by the end of it, we're walking out talking about how we were doing and getting really chummy. And that's, that's what escape rooms do to you. And I've, I've experienced that outside. You know, I was telling Rhino that I did one with my parents and Kylie, and we had two other people we didn't know placed in with us at the last second. And at first, I was kind of like annoyed about it. Like, why, why would they do this? It, it can just be the four of us uh never meeting these people before we're thrown in a room with them within five minutes we're working together establishing a bond and then it got to the point where we couldn't have done some of the tasks without them because they were smaller able to crawl into like small spaces that we couldn't get into and it, it worked out you don't have to worry about crawling in these ones it's very it's very much it's very accessible for everyone and we're going to get to that in a second but uh it's even when you don't know the people you start forming a connection very quickly. So don't be afraid of going in with strangers. Don't say like the only way I can do it is with a group experience. You will you will learn how the other people work. There might be that that macho person who steps up and tries to take control of it, uh, but you you'll find you'll find the right balance. And I, I swear it works out. I've never I've never had it where where the group doesn't cohesively work together at some point. It it might take it might take a room or two. But you'll all get on the same page and learn each other's skills and really start to get to the point that you figure out, you know, what what everyone is best at and kind of move on from there with it. But uh, with that being said, in terms of accessibility, because we mentioned that, uh, I'm not going to beat around the bush on it. Universal is a very popular destination for uh, for a lot of international guests. And that means there's a lot of people who come to Universal where English is not their first language. And I, I, just just to be frank, because even Universal was with it, uh, it's this is an experience right now that is solely catered to people who are English speaking, it, like very very fluently. Because it's not just it's not just you need to know English perfectly. You also right now have to have pretty laser focused listening skills and Mm -hmm. that includes in a room where you might be with people where they're talking over the audio but the audio is what's prompting you to know what to do so if if you like i i know we probably don't have a lot of people who watch where english isn't their first language but uh it's it's one of those things you might like it might be something you run into where if you're placed with a group uh, that doesn't know English as a first language, it it might be a, it might be a struggle. I don't know how they're going to handle that, but I'm sure they will come up with a solution at some point in time. But uh, right now, there is no solution for it. But they did tell us, as I mentioned, the hearing part, you have to have very sharp listening skills to it. I don't have great hearing. Rhino doesn't have great hearing. It was a struggle for us at points in time. Uh, mm-hmm. But they are working on a solution, not for not for people who have just, you know, ruined their hearing over the years of listening <laughs> yeah. to music too loudly, but they are working on a solution for audiences who are deaf and hard of hearing and have hearing lo- true hearing loss. They're they're working on a solution for that. Uh, they didn't say when it would be in place, but they said that is one thing that they are absolutely working on. So it's good they to know that dumb. that's coming in the future. Yeah, and they seemed very excited about it because it seems like the 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 gentleman we spoke to was saying that it, they're kind of developing like a new type of technology to be used with it. So it, yeah. so I was like, it sounds. I think that's really cool because one thing that always bugs me is like when a place will just hand somebody the script, and I'm like, that's not. You could do more yeah. than that. These people paid the same amount as everybody else. You could at least have the interpreter or something like that come in or go with them or something. So I think that's I think that's really cool that they're working on this like new thing. But he seemed very, very excited and passionate about whatever they're doing to help to help folks that fall into that category. Yeah, I and I think that's a great thing. 
Uh, the rooms are very tight and constrictive, in my opinion. So the main thing I was concerned about was uh, I was concerned about people who are in wheelchairs. Uh, mm-hmm. They they have said that this is an accessible experience and guests have to transfer out of ECVs into standard wheelchairs for it. But even then, when we were in those rooms, there were some of them that I was like, I don't think this is this is comfortable. But Universal, the the creatives we talked to, they did say that as they were going through the testing phase, they tested it with people who were using wheelchairs and they apparently could not have praised it any higher in terms of accessibility. And I, I do think it, 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 from my experience, I'm, I'm not in a wheelchair. I don't, I don't, we weren't with anyone who was in a wheelchair or experienced it with anyone in a wheelchair. Uh, but this is meant for all ages and it is meant for, well, I mean, three and older, technically, according to their pricing structure. That's once you're three years old or older, that's when you have to pay for a ticket. But, uh, you could tell from like the controls and the game pieces, uh, you know, you can be a kid and a lot of things in the rooms are still at eye level. So this even goes for people who, you know, are in a wheelchair. There's there was a lot of activities that you get to be a part of in the game that would be more uh, accessible from a wheelchair. And I noticed that, but for me, it was more of the moving around, you know, it's mm. when you pack six people in, if you're in a wheelchair and you're able to move yourself around or someone's helping you with it, there's not a lot of room to, to be able to say like, I'm going to go from this side of the room to that side. Um, they're, they're tight in that way. So it's accessible in my opinion, from the way that, yeah, you could technically say like, okay. I know, I know you're in a wheelchair, so we're going to like put you at this station and you have a place to be, uh, and, and you could handle it that way, but it's, they're not wide open rooms. There's, there's tight, tight areas to it. So, um, I, I would just, I would take that into consideration. And I know there are, there are other creators out there who deal with more accessibility issues beyond what we actually, what we have, which is nothing. Um, so I, I know, I know they will go out and they will experience this. And I don't, I don't, I can't name any off the top of my head as we're doing this. I should have prepared more with it, but, um, you know, I, I know autism at the parks always handles, uh, things from that perspective. And there, there are creators out there who look at these, these theme parks and attractions experiences from a different perspective. So I would urge you to, to, to seek that out. If it's something you're concerned about, I'm just saying from my general perspective going through, I thought it was tight, but, I thought I thought a lot of stuff was more designed for for a lot of different uh, a lot of different people than other things. Like um, I know we got that question a lot with with Galactic Star Cruiser when that opened at Walt Disney World. Of is is this is this definitely friendly for accessibility? And that was a hard question to answer. But this one, I feel like. It's tight rooms that you're moving through, but there's it's it's all happening at different levels. So you'll you'll probably be able to find something that works for you with it. But I, I know that's yeah. I rambled a lot there. I'm just I'm trying to explain mm-hmm. it without saying definitively one way or another because well, what works for one person won't work for another. Exactly. And we did it. We asked them about it and there was a they said they had received positive feedback in terms of its accessibility. So it was something that they they say they were considering in the process. So we'll just have to, I think it's just a, we're going to have to wait and see as the, as the people, more and more people start going through it, you know? Yeah, we will. Um, okay. And in terms of other parts of it, I think the, in terms of the gameplay, I think we've kind of discussed that without giving anything away. We've talked about the accessibility of it. We talked about the pricing. The only other thing I would mention with it is this while you probably won't take advantage of universal's great movie escape in this way it's it's a way you can experience it if you don't want to pay and that is by just walking into the lobby area and kind of hanging out there's uh the the paying for it is inside once you're in the building so anyone can walk in and and hang out in the lobby area. There's lots of seating for the people playing the game, so don't take advantage of that. But there are two bars. Uh, There's a downstairs bar and an upstairs bar. 
and uh, those have themed cocktails based around uh, Back to the Future and Jurassic World. So you could technically, if you don't have any interest in coming to play the games, but you want to still like check it out and see what's in there, you can technically walk in, go to the lobby, you can get a drink. Uh, they have an outdoor patio on the second floor. Uh, they have merchandise in there. So you could get you could get an idea of what's going on without actually doing the escape rooms. You're going to see the people coming out of them excited and talking about what just happened. Uh, so, so you might get spoiled in that way. But you know, you're, they're also not doing tours of the rooms. So don't don't go in there, hang out in the lobby, and expect that at some point in time they'll let you just walk through the rooms and see what's happening in there. That's not the case. You just yeah. can use it as a place for air conditioning and another drink spot. If you're like, oh. A Back to the Future themed cocktail. That sounds like something I'm interested in. I'll go there. It's available for you. I I think that's great because I, I think it's going to be one of those things where I don't think the average person is going to know that or understand that they don't have to be doing the the experience in order to go in there. And so I personally will be going in there because I want to try some of those drinks that were on the menu. Um, they also had a selection of beers and they have an upstairs patio that I don't think I honestly don't foresee unless people are waiting for the games i don't foresee it i think it's going to be like that hidden gem yeah so that we've just spoiled and ruined <laughs> no no a lot of people still won't go in but uh rhino do you have do we miss anything do you have anything else to add in about this i i feel like feel like i've said everything up in up without giving away spoilers or or giving like a definitive review on it i i feel like i'm out of what i can actually say before i cross that line I would familiarize yourself with the films. If you haven't watched Jurassic World specifically, or if you have not watched the Back to the Future trilogy, I think it'll make it, or haven't watched them recently, I think if you're going to do it, I think it would be fun to like rewatch it. Because there's a lot of like fun, you know, it's like, like it's sort of Easter eggs, but you're also like traveling through this world, these worlds in that sort of way. So I think that would be fun. And if you have Back to the Future, the Blu-ray, I think, or... It on Blu-ray or even DVD. I yeah. think it was on the DVD, it's been but it was release. Yeah, um, you can rewatch um, the what the experience of the ride was is on that um, is on them. So I would I would think maybe like do that too because I actually was thinking like oh I'm gonna do that when I get home. So um, that just would be my tip. Like I I'm as somebody who watches all those films repeatedly. I, I was it was it's always like yeah crawling around in my brain, but. Um, but I, you know, I think that would be fun for somebody who hasn't seen them in years. I think that would be like, you know, get into it. Have fun with it. Yeah. And I guess that's a good thing to say, too, without spoiling. Uh, with Jurassic World, I felt like you were so immersed in that story that mm -hmm. there wasn't a, like, at least from what I noticed, maybe it was because we went into it and focused on the game. Uh, there wasn't really a lot of Easter eggs necessarily. Yeah. I'm sure they were definitely spread throughout. And I asked about them. And they didn't give me any specifics, but it was more about being in that story. Whereas Back to the Future is literally the entire yeah. thing is an Easter egg. It is literally yeah. it is designed to be like, I know that I know that I can't believe we're here. I can't believe we're here. I can't believe we're here. Yeah, it is just non stop full of that over and over and over and over and over again um and uh you know there is we'll say they i'm not saying who it was but they did get they did get one of the original cast members to uh to lend a hand to the escape room and that's that's where i will leave that you will experience it for yourself but it's a it's nice, not chris it's a nice Pratt. Touch. don't worry it's not chris <laughs> for back to the future <laughs> Why would Chris oh, Pratt be yeah, in Back I thought to you were just future? talking in general about the both. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. It's definitely not Chris Pratt, but it's <laughs> it's for the Back to the Future. Uh, yeah. So it's a nice extra touch. Um, but yeah, it's it, you. I literally, as I joked and said, they can't do like a thing where you just get to walk through the rooms and see everything. If I could do that in one of the two, it would be Back to the Future. I would yes. like, just want to walk through and look at everything because we're playing the games. There wasn't enough time to even look at everything and inspect everything because you're still you're still keeping up with it. But uh, I think I think Universal is, you know, I, whether or not it's a huge success comes down to if people feel like the price is worth the experience that they're getting. Want to do it repeatedly. Uh, I will say, though. For years, I have thought that the mini golf course has been completely overpriced, and that is still there and <laughs> still going. So uh, I, I have a feeling that, you know, it's 
this will work out for Universal in the long run. Maybe they won't do any more or expand upon it, but uh, we have what we have here for now. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would say without without reviewing it, I, I would give it a chance. If you're on the fence about it, mm-hmm. give it a shot. If you feel like it's it's out of your price range and you can't budget for it, don't feel left out. You know, you, you this isn't City Walk. You still, if you have theme park tickets, you can still go in and do everything in the theme parks and have that experience. This is definitely, uh, this is definitely for those people who are making Universal a destination. Uh, five, you know, five nights stay at the hotels and only want to do the parks for a couple days. How do we fill that in? You know, give the escape room. Universal's great movie, Escape a Chance. That that might be more for you, but yeah, yeah. I I I I will say too, just in closing here, is that um. I felt like at the end of both of them, I was like, I had that same feeling when you like did a theme park attraction. So it was like very in line. I thought that was really great that it was, it felt very in line with like, Oh cool. I just did like, Oh, it's crazy. This could have been in the theme park sort of a thing, but I'm like, well, I guess not really. Cause it's like a whole different thing that requires so much more time. But so I was like, Oh, I look forward to these kind of like different types of experiences, um, sort of like manifesting and, and, uh, I don't know what's next, but I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I appreciate that they tried something different here. Yes, uh, I I do too, and we will see what the future is. But uh, the future of this show is ending. Well, the show bleak. Yeah, this show. Yeah, the future of this show is bleak. Uh, no, we're we're coming to an end for this episode. Uh, that's that's our thoughts and our overall impressions of universal's great movie escape and hopefully we'll be able to update you in 2023 with our thoughts once we're paying guests on the experience and of course we already covered the news too on the villain call con minion blaster i it'll take me 10 years to remember Hmm. the name for it but i'll get it eventually Uh, and you know with that we have nothing else to say. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Disunplugged Universal Edition. I'm not sure if we'll be back with an episode next week. That's the hope, but we'll have to see how it goes. We're taking everything one week at a time. So this might be our final episode for 2022, but we already thought that happened weeks ago. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. You might get a surprise. You might. Day but day. Uh, so, hey, Rhino, thanks for being here with me for this one. Thanks for going. No. No problem. It was fun. And thank you to everyone out there for watching and listening. If you did and you support that, you want to support the show more uh, through YouTube, of course, subscribe to the channel, hit the thumbs up, leave comments, questions, video suggestions in the comment section. If you're a listener, you know, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if it's a place where you can leave a rating and review, please do so. And you can always support us more by booking a trip through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Get a free no obligation quote today at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. But uh, once again, thank you, Rhino. Thank you to everyone out there for listening and watching. Uh, that's it for this week's episode of the Disunplugged Universal Edition. We will see you again soon for another one. But remember, we still haven't changed the name. 